answering your tough financial questions for the past 26 years. It's Allworth's Money Matters with co-hosts Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. Would you like an opinion on a financial matter you're dealing with? Whether it's about retirement, investments, taxes, or 401ks, Scott Hansen and Pat McLean would like to help you by answering your call. To join Allworth's Money Matters, call now at 833-99-WORTH. That's 833-99-WORTH. Welcome to Allworth's Money Matters. I'm Scott Hansen. I'm Pat McLean. Glad you're with us. Uh, our first... Um, well, it's not the first of the year, but we did a best of the first Saturday of yes. uh, January 2021, and this is not a best of, and we're glad to be with you, because it, but both myself and my co-host here, we're both financial advisors. We've been financial advisors for 30 years, and this has got to be it, Pat. The financial markets have the most perplexing time that I have ever experienced. Scott, I will never again ever say I've seen everything, because what I saw this week um, I couldn't, I just couldn't understand it. I just, I, so you're watching what's happening on Wednesday, right? The yeah, storming the of the Capitol. And then I'm going back and forth watching that, you know, during the workday and then watching the markets to see how they're reacting. And it was like nothing. It was like, <laughs> it was, and, and then, and then later on that day, uh, you know, and finally, uh, the House confirms and the the senators from uh, Georgia. And you would think, right, because there was all this talk about a Democratic administration, Democrat-controlled Congress and and presidency and how it's bad for the stock market. And then the next day, Thursday, <laughs> everything's fine. Well, Pat, I think <clears throat> I my statement, this is your statement, the most perplexing time. You would have stated that before this week, because if you look at what has what transpired last year, 2020, particularly the fourth quarter, um, it was just it's a little mind boggling. And yeah, I mean, there's lots of like lots of explanations like, OK, well, part of it is because there's no other real options, right? Lack of alternatives. Well, I got to put my money somewhere. Some of it is momentum investing. Well, I see it keep going up, so I'm going to jump on it. I feel like a fool if I'm not. Then there's all these, There's people have excess time. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And younger people are now entering the market because of applications like Robinhood and other I don't call them investors. They're speculators. Well, they gam- They're learning. They gamified uh, investing for uh, younger uh, people. Tra- trading. Trading. Correct. Correct. <laughs> no, not investing. Trading. Trading. They gamified it. Full on. Yeah. Yeah. With, yeah. you know, balloons and celebrations and notifications. Yeah. And, but Scott, it just reminds me again. It, and I have to tell myself this all the time. You cannot time the market based upon external forces because you have an opinion on, I have an opinion on what I think is going to happen based on what's happened externally to the markets themselves. And I'm almost always wrong, which is why I That's actually right. don't time the market. I, I, same thing. <laughs> right? It's one of the benefits of, of, frankly, of being, of getting older and having experience of investment. Right? And having that discipline. Because you, you look. There's nothing like experiencing these things yourself. There's nothing like having personal losses in a down market and seeing what that happens to your personal asset, right? And then living through it until they recover and then some. And then some, of course, and then some. Markets always have always gone higher. Historically have always gone higher. But the thing that's, the thing that's, look, if you look over the long, we all have three options with our money, essentially. We can lend it out. Which is, you can put it in a, a bank, bank account, right? What are you doing? It. You're lending it. You could buy a bond. You're lending it. Interest rates are very low on lending it. Yeah. Although They're the more- 10-year treasury went above 1% this week. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> you, so you can, you can loan it. You can own things that produce, like real estate, like companies that produce goods and services. 
or you can speculate. Buy an option on this. Planning on oh, I'm going to own gold for a period of time, or you I can, can sell it, or you can spend it. You can consume or you can it. spend it. Okay, you okay. can consume <laughs> it. Um, but from as far as your savings, I mean those those are your options. And the thing that is um, worrisome right now is I think there's a lot of people that that are buying investments, owning investments, things that produce that there's no they they think of nothing of what the future might be and how how realistic the current price is for it. Let's use Tesla as an example. Now, I think Elon Musk is brilliant. I think he is absolutely you know, brilliant. And, and, and I got a great salesman, by the way. Well, that's what makes him so unique. I mean, how many people, I mean, he knows how to, he knows how to, I mean, he's, he's in the area that the government is throwing billions of dollars at. In subsidies. Yeah. Uh, he somehow created a cult-like following where people almost think he's a god. That's right. And, and he's and, and, I mean, it's, and he I, creates a great vehicle. But but apparently, but I don't if you know, look what, at but. his the last three ventures, uh, uh, the solar company, government yeah. subsidies, SpaceX, government subsidies, yes. Tesla, yeah. government subsidy, brilliant. But if you look at the valuation of that stock, but I don't actually think he's motivated so much by the money. He's just a really odd guy. I think he's planning on going to Mars with his family. Well, when the Earth okay. Falls apart. All right, we're going to miss him. But it's but much like the state of California. So, but the question them. is, how much is this company worth? So, if you look at, um, if you look at the value of the stock versus the amount of cars that they sold every year, yeah. the stock <laughs> is worth that. over a million dollars for every car that they have sold. A million dollars is what the stock is worth for every car that they sold. Let's compare that to General Motors. General Motors stock is worth $9,000 for every car that General Motors has sold in the last year. So, so, the, so General Motors probably makes 1000 bucks on a car, and it's trading nine times earnings. My God, I mean, it's probably somewhere in there. And Tesla makes less than that on every car they sell, right? But yes. the stock is trading at an astronomical. A million times and so, per car. That's so unbelievable. When you look at this, you think, well, why is this? Well, don't. Don't pretend for a minute that Mercedes, Volkswagen, General Motors, Ford, um, every other company, it's all speculation at this point in time. There's no longer investing if you're buying Tesla. You're not investing. You're speculating. Well, you might be betting that he's going to go, he's going to be the next Jeff uh, Bezos and is going to go into a a bunch of different types of industries. Okay, I'll give you that. I mean, because his market, I mean... I don't know how else you justify that price. But even if you liked, even if you were high on all the technology stocks, let's just say I'm the average 55 year old and I've got my retirement savings set up and I'm like, I am really high on Amazon, Apple, all these individual stocks. And I go out there and start buying them individually and I own the S&P 500. I have doubled down because I already have quite a bit of exposure through the S&P 500 to those stocks. It's just, it's just, it, it, I mean, last year, the hotel industry, their stock performance as an index, positive. In 2020. Right. Like, like did, did this not, this huge financial loss that they've suffered, does it, did not impact the yeah. value for investors? No. Which, which means investors are willing to pay all that much more for future earnings, apparently. Um, yes, that's At what it would right tell now. you. That's what it would tell you as a lack of alternative. I don't know, Scott. All I know is that Here's this the- week just reconfirmed again to me that you cannot time the markets. Because I fully expected when I saw people breaking into the – our state, our federal government, the, 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 capital, the right? right, the cradle of democracy. And you've been there. I've walked. Oh, I've walked. I've been down in the. Uh, I've had lunch chamber. in the congressional dining room. I mean, I, I, I and, and the whole time I'm thinking, I cannot believe this is, you know, third world government, and and the whole time I'm I'm thinking these markets are gonna. There's got to be <laughs> nothing. Nothing. I mean. Not even a road bump. Not even a, not even a, I, I'm, 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 I'm speechless. Hey, look, we'll by the way, that was, it was, 
uh, I, and I've, I'm sure many, many, many Americans felt the same way. How disappointing and disgusting uh, to watch that uh, throughout the day on Wednesday. Um, you just, it was, yeah. Yeah, I was listening to a talk show. There was a, a person who was there at part of the protests, and he was trying to explain his his view. But he he the, then the the radio show got that. So did you go into the building? He said, No, I I didn't go in. I stayed outside. And then the host is like, Well, then obviously you you didn't fully support those who did because something in your head said this is not right for me to go in at this time. And what did he say? Well, I had to agree. I mean, yeah. of course, intellectually, he would be dishonest otherwise. Right? Yeah. But. Uh, Anyway. anyway, this is, we're not going to talk too much about the political stuff because you get that enough everywhere else. But we will, obviously, our opinion on what's happening with the financial markets. And we'll take some calls here in a moment here at Allworth. But I think what, if we can learn a few things based upon investments for 2020, that outside influences may or may not have an impact on the value of your investments. Correct. Over a short period of time. May, May not. There is a total, there can be a complete 100% disconnect between reality and your current investment value. Over a short period of time. Over a, short, over a long period of time. What drives the investment value? Things what they like to talk about things revert back to their mean. They get back to their normal averages. They, these outliers only happen periodically and things tend to get back to their norm which is how bubbles are created. The reason they call them bubbles is because they look like a bubble, which means that they come back down to their averages, that's right? right? That's, right. That's, that's exactly, that's why it looks like a bubble. Yeah, you look at it on the graph. <laughs> right, that's wow, why they call the them bubbles. the price goes up and it goes back down. That looks like a and bubble. Then they, and then you'll hear this, well, what's going to prick the bubble? What's going to make it? No one knows. And no one knows when it's going to happen. And the further you get into a bubble, right, the further you get into it, uh, to, away from the average, away from the mean, um, the greater the probability of it coming to its mean. It's just so strange when the fact last, the fourth quarter, just about every asset class went up. Every asset class. Well, you could look at commodities up, commercial real estate up. I mean, everything. Yep. At, at, at a time when COVID deaths were also going up. I yes. mean, it's like lockdowns are going up and commerce it's just a strange is, time. Commerce is... So it's a great time to rebalance. If you haven't oh. rebalanced your portfolio in a while, do not let those renter, those winners run too long. Yes. At least, it, I mean, if you started 2020 thinking I'm going to have 60% of my portfolio and growth and, and, and stocks and keep 40% of more conservative things, you're probably more like 66% today. The prudent thing to do would say, hey, why don't I get back to where I was before? And Scott, what if you don't even know what you just said? What does that mean? Well, go talk to a good financial advisor. And they will do it for you. They'll charge you a fee, right? And you'll be more than happy to pay that fee to make sure your portfolio is well-balanced. Well, studies have shown good quality advisors earn more than their fees. There's yeah. both Vanguard study and uh, Morningstar study. But in any case, let's take some calls. We will... Uh yeah, and if you don't want to call, we'll talk. We'll keep talking because we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> that's actually that's normally when people call. Like, <laughs> anyway, to join the program, eight three three ninety nine worth is the number to be on the program. Eight three three ninety nine worth. Would love to take your question and your call regarding um, your financial matters and get you set well for two thousand and twenty one and beyond. And we're starting with James. James, you're with All Worth Money Matters. Hi, Scott and Pat. Um, thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Oh, good. Well, thank you. Um, so my questions today are around retirement. I'm looking forward to retiring maybe within the next year or two and just want to lay out uh, my wife and I position and get your thoughts on Perfect. things. So where would you like to start? Fire away. Whatever, wherever you'd like to start. Okay. Um, not I'll, like back to your 60. childhood. Uh, uh, no, no, not like that. Let's see. Um, I'll be 60 this year. My wife will turn 61 later in the year, or 60 later in the year. Uh, I currently work at a state job, public safety retirement. I'm looking at retiring anywhere between 36 and 39 percent of my pay for that. Um, I am fully. So, did, did you change? Did you change? Did you change careers from uh, private sector into safety in the last uh, 12 years or something like that? Your late 40s. I did. Yes, I did. Yes. All right. It and was, um, Go ahead. 
That's interesting. I mean, not very. I mean, are there many others like you that in their late forties go into? Well, uh, what 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 line um, of work? You uh, police, yeah, fire? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah, law enforcement. Okay. Um, All right. so my my guess would I, have been corrections. Uh, no, no, no. Okay. No. no, I'd rather put them in than live with them. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's um, not funny, Scott. Yeah. That's insensitive. Okay. Uh, well, it's just reality anyway. <laughs> so in my opinion but are you putting money into the 457 or 401k as a public I, employee i am a, a very minimal and the only reason i'm putting minimal in there is uh to um roll over deferred um compensation when i do retire okay thank you um in the private sector i have been doing um 401k um excuse me, for over 20 years. So in that account between my 401k and a Roth, we have about 870k in that. Um, and my wife and I both are eligible for Social Security. Um, at 62, I would be collecting about 2000 a month and she would be collecting about 900 a month. And does your wife work now? She does. She runs a small daycare out of the home. Okay. Making the big bucks. Um, um, well, I'm joking. <laughs> and I, I assume your home is paid for. Um, no, our home's not paid for. It's worth about seven and we owe about two thirty on it. Okay. And will you stay, uh, you're in, uh, what Northern California. It looks like, will you stay in Northern California when yep. you retire? Um, more than likely our, um, first grandkid and, uh, our daughter and husband moved back from New York. Um, I meant in COVID which is the only good thing about COVID. Yeah. And so we're probably tied down here now Got since it. our grandkids will be here. Yep. Okay. And, and what's your, what's your annual pay now? Thank you, Scott. Um, uh, gross or net? Gross. gross. Um, about nine K a month. And that's between the both of you. Um, no, that'd just be mine. And what's um, your wife? varies between, um, hers varies between two and three K a month, depending on yeah, how many kids yeah. she takes in. And will she, does she want to uh, retire from that as well? Um, yeah, we're looking at both um, retiring at the same time. Okay. So there are some other equations in here. Okay. Um, I opened the 457 with the state um, only as a vehicle to roll um, some deferred comp in, and I'm looking at and retirement will probably be right about $70,000 that I can roll over into that account. Um, I'll also have some, we also have some, um, cash value of life insurance policies that we're probably going to get rid of when we retire. And between the two of those, it'll probably generate about $35,000. And your mortgage on your house is, have you refinanced that recently? We did. Yeah. We refinanced 30 year? the low threes. Um, it ended up being like a 28 year loan. Okay. And, um, All right. We've we've been paying extra on that, and that was one of my questions too. If we don't plan on selling the house and remain in the house, should I even dump more money in on the uh, principal? I wouldn't bother now if you're a year away from retirement. The key at our kind of philosophy is: it's great if you can get to your retirement with your home paid off. If not, the key is at retirement. Let's let's do whatever we can to make that payment as low as possible, the fixed payment Mm -hmm. as low as possible, right? Um, Right. And it's going to obviously be yeah, pretty small relative to your, to your income. I mean, from first glance, first blush, it looks like you guys are in pretty good shape. Um, so if you both start Social Security at uh, age 62, right? So I, I, I went through some of the numbers. I ignored the cash value life insurance policy. Is You're going to receive approximately $40,000 a year in your pension. You're going to receive approximately $36,000 a year in Social Security, so that's $76,000. If I take a 3% distribution off your $940,000 in your 457s and 401ks, so I took that eight forty dollars and added the seventy dollars that you had mentioned about there, we put you at $27,000, so that brings us to $103,000. And uh, assuming that you were putting money into Social Security, you uh, you you'll, you will maintain a very similar lifestyle uh, based on the income yeah. of 138, but it will be diminished by about 10 to 15 percent. How much are you putting in your 457 right now? What percent do you know? Um, uh, it's only it's a uh, 50 bucks a month. And yeah. Like okay. I said, right. we're we're still contributing to my wife's uh, Roth IRA, and then we have another uh, another IRA um, that's just a traditional IRA, not a 401k. But we're putting about. 150 into that a month as well. So, and how far um, away you, is retirement? How many years? 
Well, that's that's one of the purpose of my call. I want you to tell me I can retire today. Well, okay. uh, you're not going to be able to retire today. Uh, okay. Uh, if I were you, I'd actually sit down with an advisor and actually have I look at quite frankly, we pay people pay us to come in and do plans just like this. And in fact, I'll tell you 100% transparency. I have some relatives that have been asking me, "What do you think? When do you think I could retire?" And I'm like, "Look, I could do a on the back of a napkin and tell you but I said to him, I will pay out of my own pocket for you to visit the firm that I am the principal and co-CEO and have a real financial plan done for you so that you can get the real answer to the month, to the date, and be comfortable with it rather than me sketching it out on the back. Yeah, of course. And so I did it with my own relatives. Unfortunately, they said the right thing, Pat, which is we appreciate that, but we'll pay for it ourselves, <laughs> which thank you, relatives. At least they didn't say we'd rather use a different firm. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, I think that was always a possibility. So my guess is just from what you told me, you said you're 60 and your wife is 61? No, she'll be 60 in uh, September of this year. And how old are you? Uh, I'll be 60 in March of this year. Okay, so you're not going to be able to <laughs> retire I, prior to age 62. But my guess, if I was your advisor sitting in the room with you, <laughs> I might, the optimal date would probably be when you're 63, 64, maybe even 65. Well, the nice thing is you, do, you, you go through this process and you can play some what-if scenarios. That's like, right. What if I worked another six months or another year or two years? I mean, and from a financial standpoint, work to the day you drop dead, right? Never retire. But <laughs> that's no, not most people's goals is like that's they don't want to die. Their goal is not to die with as much money possible. They want to have some but, but quality we, of life along the way. What we do know is that in order to maintain your standard of living, you need that Social Security. Yeah. And you don't have a high enough 401k or IRA balance to bridge you that. over to that. So at a well, minimum... We, I, it's, it's not until your rates. Maybe you missed that. I, I, I do between my Roth, my wife's Roth um, RIA, RIA and my 401k, we have about $870,000 in that. I got that. Okay. I got okay. that. I got that. Okay. So, but what I did Which is, is good. We, and he's not, disc, we're not discounting that. It just, look, when we're in an environment when the 10 year treasury bond pays 1%, like. Mm hmm. That's why I. When I, I remember back when I. In the, in the 1990s, we would use. 8% as a, as a kind of a growth assumption, right? And looked at, we right. look at the last 50 years, 10% was realistic on a balanced portfolio. It's a different world today. So because equity rates of returns aren't, they don't live in a, you know, in a, in a vacuum. They're affected by what the 10-year treasury is actually trading at over a period of time, right? And there's the deviations away from that. So the question that you asked started with is, can I retire? You're not going to be able to retire. I can say this confidently until you're both eligible for Social Security. And even then, my guess is that you should probably add at least a year to that. But go through the, go through go the, through the I process. Mean, the best thing you can do is go through a process or with you and your can, wife. Or you could download your own financial planning software and not have an advisor and actually do the what ifs. But an advisor actually... A good advisor knows what questions. A bad advisor would actually just see you and say, "Hey, you need an annuity." You, yeah, or, or you, you, can you can afford to retire today. today. Yeah. Uh, roll your money over into an IRA. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, that's what you don't want, um, uh -huh. obviously. So, uh, I, I, you know, I, the only advice I could give you is the same advice that I gave my uh, relatives <laughs> who are of similar <laughs> age, and I am an advisor. Yeah. And these are my own relatives, but I said, look, I'm not objective enough about you. Well, the only offer you didn't give me is to pay for it. Oh, that no, no, yeah, that's not like happening. Yeah, James, I'm not. <laughs> Listen, okay. I appreciate right, well, your public service and all, but I think I've given enough to public service already. Yeah, I hear what you guys are saying. Um, if I could just, uh, what are your thoughts on long-term health care? Oh, you mean the, the buying a long-term health care insurance policy? Yeah, or long-term yeah. health care because most of us are going to require some sort of long-term health care. The question is, how do we right. finance the, it? The policy. The, yeah. yeah. The, the challenge policy. is, um, and I think it's important that you have a, a plan in place. Like, how are we going to address this? You just look at the mm -hmm. statistics. Um, if and you, you'll you'll probably choose the route that you're going to self-insure. You might say. We should look at for some sort of policy in the event that we've got a prolonged illness that 
takes multiple years. The, the challenge is the long-term care policies are so dang expensive that when, and it's changed a lot over the last 20 years. People look at it now and they're like, that is just a lot of money for Looks, a little bit of benefit. It was offered to you as an employee of the state of California under a reduced, yeah. and then they came around and you've watched the lawsuits come around this uh, with the uh, policyholders suing the state of California over this. You, you, you need some, the question is whether you're willing to pay for it or not. So, yeah. and, it, they, and, and a good advisor will address and that. Going through, yeah. Going through this planning process, it should, you'll address all those things. Um, and I mean, on our website at uh, allworthfinancial.com, there's our seven personal decision points um, for retirement. It's those, the, it's all these issues that you need to consider as you face retirement and it'll help you walk through that as well. So um, appreciate the call, James and wish you well. If you want to join the program, 833-99-WORTH. This is Scott Hansen and Pat McLean with Allworth Financial. We're going to take a quick break. We'll continue on with calls, so stick around for more. Can't get enough of Allworth's Money Matters? Visit allworthfinancial.com slash radio to listen to the Money Matters podcast. Welcome back to Allworth's Money Matters. Scott Hansen, Pat McLean. And if you want to be part of our program, we'd love to take your call, 833-99-WORTH is our number. And um, like many people, we are uh, we are actually in the studio, which we come into that's the only time i ever come into the office anymore yes oh although Much i just the- saw uh this was in usa today and this was on the 5th of january so on a survey um 29 of working professionals said they wouldn't they would quit their jobs if they couldn't continue working remotely <laughs> i wonder if that's really true <laughs> according to an online survey of a thousand twenty two professionals by live career. Now it's easy to say that when you actually have a job um, and you're working remotely because you think you're in the driver's seat, but I don't believe that 29% of working professionals would actually quit their job um, if they had to uh, return to an office. There was a great uh, podcast on uh, hidden brain in the last couple months. I do enjoy the hidden brain on uh, he, he was a professor somewhere that he spent his career on, on uh, productivity from people working from home, from home. And of course, now he's got the best studies possible, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> but he, so he's probably the foremost expert on work from home because he's been, his whole career has been studying this stuff. And basically it's, it kind of comes down to there's, uh, there's going to be kind of some fringe people that want to be in the work, want to go in the office all the time, hundred percent. And some fringe group that's going to be wanna work from home, hundred percent. He's like the majority. It's going to be, a combination, a combination of the two, yeah. which is actually where I see it going. I do too. I, I, and I like it. I do too. Right? I don't want to be at home I mean, all the time. I mean, in transparency, my work ske- our work schedule was a bit like that prior to this. Yes. It was work from home and work in the office. I'd come in the office two or three days a week. I'd work from home. But there's no travel now. I kind of miss the business travel a little bit. Oh my gosh. That's funny. I just told my wife that. I, hey, when the first few months into the pandemic and Zoom was so efficient, I said, I'm hardly going to travel at all anymore. This is unbelievable. Now I'm... <laughs> I kind of miss it. I told my wife, I can't wait to get back on a plane and go meet with some people. But then nine months from now, you're going to see. I know. Ah. Well, you can't show up now. Yeah, but but, but if you were allowed to travel, what I think that we're going to learn from all of this is that we can be more efficient with some of the things we knew, but efficiency... And mental health are not one and the same. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I've always known I'm an extrovert. Uh, just, I, I get, I re-energize around other people, and this has been not the most, uh, my, not my favorite season, but that's okay. All right, let's continue on with calls. 833-99-WORTH to be part of Allworth's Money Matters. We're in New York talking with Jen. Jen, you're with Allworth's Money Matters. Hi, good afternoon. Jen, are you in New York City? I, I am. It's afternoon. <laughs> Yeah. No, I just... um, And Happy New Year to you. Have you been in the city the entire time, uh, the last nine months, 10 months? Um, Pretty much, yeah. yeah. um, I'm a New York City public school teacher. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Yes, it's... um, What grade? Yeah. (laughs) So I'm I'm a 
counselor, uh, and I so I'm, I interact with the students both in a workshop setting and um, interacting with them to get their individually to get college applications oh, out cool. and things like that. Thank you, thank you, yeah. thank you. Having uh, four children that have been in those stages, it is not an easy time. <laughs> Uh, I don't need to tell you that, right? And because it's there's so many unknowns, and in this environment, it's it's uh, especially difficult because no college visits, absolutely. right? Um, I feel ab- yeah, well, virtually, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The younger generation's got the brunt of this thing, yeah. I think. So but. anyway, thank you. Do you have a financial question, or do you want to continue to talk about this? <laughs> so I do have. A, I do. Um, so I started. Um, I'm in the midst of starting uh, an online. Is in the midst of all of this, <laughs> as if I didn't have more much to do, but um, decided that I was going to do this. And um, it's a drop shipping uh, e-commerce, uh, selling uh, inspirational cups, mugs, things like that. Um, and I have no experience in this at all. Like, like I said, my background is in education and science and counseling and what have you. So um, I am starting with no experience blank. And so this uh, particular company, um, and I won't incriminate the guilty, <laughs> that, that they could help me for thousands of dollars. And I said, no, 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 no I could do this myself. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I do need some help. Yeah. So You're right. You're um, I right. know that there are things, yeah, I, I know that there are some, some uh, companies that can help form LLCs and uh, can, can help with uh, the formation. But um, I, Think that they don't do um, helping with compliance and things like that, and of course tax information things like that. So I, I said, you know, let me call and well, let's find let's, out what, let's what just you find, guys might advise. Let's just find out how big of a of a building we're building before we actually dig into this. Have you sold anything yet? <laughs> no, actually, I haven't. You um, haven't I sold. Have, I have to put. <laughs> I have to, I actually have to open the store. Um, so I have my product. Okay. And, um, but I, you know, so selling, I, I'm, yeah, I haven't sold anything. I think Pat's, Pat's, <laughs> Pat's point is like, we can, we can spend time in a, one or two different areas right now, right? We can spend time on let's getting all the business stuff figured out. So it's all worked perfectly. We're hundred percent in compliance and everything. We've got all the, everything I's dotted, T's crossed. We are nice, mm-hmm. crystal clear. We're ready to go. Or we can spend time on, let's see if I can't sell some stuff. <laughs> and let's actually see if this is viable first rather than – so, so you know, I've heard this term entrepreneurs. Scott and I talk about this all the time. People call themselves entrepreneurs, right? I've been called an entrepreneur. I don't call myself an entrepreneur, Um but I have started more than Scott and I have together have started more than a couple businesses. Some of them have been fabulously successful. Not all. <laughs> not all, right? Uh, not all, because that's just the nature of business. Um, mm-hmm. I would just, I wouldn't even form a partnership or an LLC or an S Corp or anything else. I would get a name to the business. I would get whatever the local business license needs. Yep. Um, and then I would actually track uh, on QuickBooks or Quicken all my expenses. Um, my guess is that you're not going to actually make any money for the first couple years. Uh, Set aside maybe 30% for taxes and stuff. Just of your net profit of your net profit. So mm-hmm. I would just worry about a local business license. And then I would keep meticulous notes about expenses. How much were the cost of goods sold? What was the profit? What was the money in? What was the money out? And I wouldn't worry about any of the rest of that. In fact, I wouldn't worry about any of that until I had net profit of probably over fifteen thousand yeah, dollars. And you're not manufacturing 15, a product, 000? right? Fifteen thousand net profit, and just as Scott okay. said, put thirty okay. percent aside of net profit. You're, and by the way, I hope, I hope you make hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars doing this. But I wouldn't worry about the stuff that doesn't matter right now. Um, and mm-hmm. all you really need to do is make sure you've got a great storefront, which is your website, that you actually understand what you're paying for and what you're selling and that there's a difference between the two, right? 
and uh, how to run the business. And then once you start making money, then we'll, we'll discuss whether you should form an S Corp or an LLC. Or I don't, know if, I don't know if you've read the movie Shoe Dog, uh, the founder of Nike. Uh, you read, read the book yeah. or seen the movie? Is there both? Uh, is there a movie on? Well, you said read read the movie, which would be <laughs> read the book. Okay, I don't know if there's a movie or not. Read the book, Shoe Dog. On the, it, and the, the reason I like that book is because everyone knows Nike. Everyone owns some Nike apparel of some sort, and it it, it just it. I mean, it kind of the fake it till you make it, right? It's like you just you don't have all the answers mm -hmm. figured out. You just keep pushing forward, and you're selling stuff that you're hoping you can deliver on your promises. And I mean, part of it is that's what happens when. Almost every successful business kind of starts scrappy. That's, yeah. I mean, we all come from somewhere. So I wouldn't worry about any of that. You don't need an outside firm. What you do need is... You don't need an outside firm. You need software. You need, you could do it in QuickBooks or QuickIn. I don't know if you're familiar with either of those or some other online, you know, place where you could keep track you of your expenses. It, depending on how much stuff you sell. I mean... You could, you could use Excel, Excel if you wanted. Yeah. yeah. But I, uh, the rest of the stuff, forget it. Okay. I wouldn't overcomplicate it. Okay. No, I wouldn't. And just and because you're, you're you're selling products that someone else manufactured, right? On an online yes. platform, Etsy yes. or one of those, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. You're good. You're good. Yeah. 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 And right. you better Thank enjoy you. it. By Thank the way, so by the by, Jen, yep. you you better enjoy it because you're not doing this for money. If you were doing it for money, you'd actually go back to uh, what you do for a living. And roll outside yeah, of the public school district. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a side hustle, something that I I like making inspirational quotes and things like that, things that I read and what have you. And Well, the side hustle is not yeah, exactly an inspiring quote, than... just to let you know the term side hustle. <laughs> but, 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 but Jen, because if you were doing it for money and you were my sister, I would say, well, maybe we should look at career college counseling outside the school districts, which is what your background is in, right? Yeah, um, I've thought of that as well. Um, I definitely have thought of that as well uh, as a as a way of of, of you now, know, now, as a potential. She might actually well. she might actually really love teaching students and and. and you can, oh no, that's what I said. That but I know for the side business for her side hustle, you better enjoy it because the likelihood of you making lots and lots of money on this. Is not much better. For most people, they have a much better chance of making uh, higher income in their own career. Something that's they right. Understand. That's right. And I don't want to cr come across as a demotivational coach at all. Um, <laughs> anyway, good luck to you. Yeah. Right, we, we wish Thank you, well, you very Jane. much. Yeah. Good luck. Thanks, Thanks gentlemen. Yeah, right. If I was a demotivational coach, right? People come to me with their hopes and that's dreams. That's what this was. Yes. <laughs> what yeah, you don't need any like crap. Just go sell something. Sounded, Actually, don't even sell something. Why don't you go do this instead? It sounded a little bit like that, didn't it? Right. My huh. my saying, my, my demotivational uh, coaching company is where dreams die daily. <laughs> daily. <laughs> I remember we had a guy we worked with had a bunch of those posters. Like, oh, not, yeah. not the motivational ones. They were all demotivational. Yeah, <laughs> like with the ones with the pictures where it had the salmon swimming upstream and the bear was eating it. And the, and the, An unfortunate day or something. No, the quote was, sometimes if a journey of a thousand miles ends very, very badly. Remember it. And then there was a there was a piece of wood. It's the bear eating the salmon. The bear yeah. eating. Sometimes a journey of a thousand miles ends very, very badly. And then the ones with the... Uh, with a with a piece of wood and nails in it and a hammer coming down and all the nails were bent over and it said there's no end to the amount of damage we could do if we all work together. <laughs> you remember all these? Yeah, the, the, it was part of my black cloud training. That was my uh, demotivational companies. All right, let's uh, continue on here with some calls. By the way, Allworth we're 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 both part of Allworth Financial. We're a financial advisory firm. <laughs> We get it up pretty off top off topic today, which is good. Um, we're going to talk with Norma. Norma, you're with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean of Allworth Financial. Hi there. Hi Norma. Um, hi there. I'm I'm calling you for some motivational um, advice. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> anyway, um, I've been listening to you for quite a while, probably over ten years. So we we'll go way back, and I've learned a lot. But um, I'm going to. I'm going to start with, I'll just give you my background. I'm 65. I'm a recent widow. Sorry. Um, I retired April, right after, April 2020, right after COVID. Um, 
And so my And when did your husband pass away? Passed, my husband passed away. It's been two years okay, now. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and so uh, it's a new chapter for me, mm. and I've worked for 40 years um, for a utility company, so I do have pension. So this is my question. Um, I'm starting a new year. Um, I'm excited, but at the same point, at the same time, I have to really start doing some tax planning. Um, after all these years, I've uh, I have a 401k, I have a TSP, I have a Roth IRA. You know, in those 40 years, I, from listening to both of you, um, I invested conservatively, but over a 40-year period, you know, I have a nest egg. Um, the question I have is, and it's to both of you, whoever wants to answer, is I'm I'm curious, and I've heard you talk in your show um, about donor-advised funds versus mm -hmm. charitable giving versus... I mean, I'm at a point which I'm thankful, um, but my my tax. I used to be in the what is it, the 22 percent or 26 percent bracket, and um, I now have a windfall um, at this stage in my life. My husband recently passed away, and I also get his social security. And um. um as and Norma, so you have a thrift savings plan. Was your husband employed by a, a state or government agency? He was, yes. And 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 he also had um, he also had a four hundred one k. Okay. And then, did you receive a, a survivor benefit pension from that? I did. Okay. All right. Thank you. And so you have your own pension. You've got your husband's pension, his social yeah. security, a four hundred one k, and. So, and so, a, and the TSP. What's the TSP balance? The TSP balance is a hundred and eighty thousand. And what's your? What? I'm what's, sorry. Oh, and keep going. Okay, so I'll just give you a, a just a rundown, a high level. Um, I totaled everything up um, um, with the four hundred one, the four fifty seven, and the Roth. It's roughly one point two. Um, I have a brokerage account which is about four hundred thousand. So the question I have is, um, I'm in a different tax bracket now. I mean, I never thought I would be in this tax bracket, but <clears throat> I'm just wondering how um, perhaps you can give me some guidance on um, some tax advice of, of where I can, where I can, what I can do to minimize my taxes. So you started by talking about some charitable stuff right so yes i was i was i was listening to you a while back and i remember you had a segment on uh, there's charitable giving there's donor advised and i've been looking that information up um, to see if that would help reduce my modified adjusted gross income um, since i'm no longer working um you know, there's not much that yeah. you can really write off Correct. taxes yeah. outside of, of and char your home. charitable giving is still one of those areas that mm -hmm. you can give. And it doesn't impact your modified adjusted gross income, but it does impact your taxable income because it's it's an itemized deduction that flows through on the second page of a tax return. But are you giving money to charities now? You know, I I write checks to my local, um, you know, my local charities. Um, it's not a lot, but you know, it's, you know, maybe okay. a couple hundred dollars here and there. But as I was reading uh, the information of charitable giving versus donor-advised funds, um, it seems like, and correct me if I'm wrong, the donor-advised funds, um, does that help your modified adjusted gross income? Well, it, it, it's a tax deduction as an itemized deduction. So, um, I think as the CARES Act or one of the acts from COVID, uh, it, I thought 300 bucks or 600 bucks that someone can d deduct it, in it, addition to a standard deduction, but not much, uh, but it, the reality is it, it, w it probably wouldn't work for you. And the reason is you normally in a donor advised fund, or if you're gifting uh, appreciated, well, it would work if, if she had a charitable, if she really wanted to give some money to a charity, but even then Scott, she got a full step up at basis at the death of her husband. Yes. On the brokerage account. So she doesn't have a whole lot of highly appreciated. But she can still give 
there most certainly, most certainly she could still give, but it's not as if they, if they own the asset for 25 or 30 years and let's say it had a cost basis of 10% of the value, yeah, I understand. Then it'd have a lot like more a, value. Yeah, then it's, to, to, the tax savings can be so massive that it like. Yes, yes. So if you're going to give, you most certainly want to give with a, with a, uh, any charity and whether you use a donor advised fund or not, but, uh, and you're at a point, I mean, depending on your tax bracket and you reside at, you're in California. Uh, I am. Okay. You're in California. in California. So you're, you, you, you probably for every dollar that you give, you probably save 35 or 40 cents on taxes. But, but that wouldn't be my, my concern. If you were sitting in my office, the first thing I would zero in on is Roth conversions. Because okay, you've got so an I'm, IRA of $1.2 million. You have more than enough income. You've got a window of seven years to convert from a, your regular IRA. high tax bracket. We don't know the whole story, but... Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because, you know, I, I had someone do the spreadsheet on the Roth conversion. And, you know, when you pull that money out, you know, it's a tax event. And then it puts me, that's just what my accountant said, puts me in it. And another bracket. That's right. Right. But the question is, what bracket are you going to be in 10 years from now when that's, you have the required minimum distribution? That's right. So I think it's, it's just like, it's just, it's, if you want to, if your, if your main goal is to reduce your taxes, then we look at those areas. If your main goal is, I would really like to support these particular charities and reduce my taxes. I think the latter, I think the latter. And, and the other thing also is, which I, I didn't mention, but um, I have cancer. And so, um, and I have a daughter, so um, I'm hoping, you know, from a long term. I mean, I'm hoping that um, I'll be cured, yep. but you just don't know. So, when they did the spreadsheet, they said my break-even point would be ten years. When yeah, 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 right. and then, yeah. Yeah, sounds right. Okay. And, and I, so my thought was, okay, do I? I don't even know if I'm going to be around ten that's years. That's right. You know, so that's the risk that you take. I have a daughter who um, works out of the country. I mean, she's gainfully employed. Um, she will plan to come back here. Um, she's 25. She rolls off of my insurance when she turns 26. So my thought was, hey, can I get some medical insurance for her and can I write that off? But once she's 26, I can't do that, can I? Well, you can buy, you can pay for her medical insurance, but you can't take a write off. Yeah, and which which is really what you, what you should be doing. But you it, know, here, here's here's if, it's if kinda, I were your sister, Scott, what would you okay. do? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so here's what I, I if you were my sister, I'd say, look, we need, we need to plan for two different courses. Let's plan one course that you beat this cancer and you live a normal life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Then let's say, all right, if that's the case. What's important to you? What are the things you'd like to accomplish? What would you've got probably more money than you thought you would have at this point in life? That is my guess. And yes, you're at is, this point is. in life, you would thought you were going to have your life partner with you, and he's not with you. That's correct, right? And so you're like, now you're looking at this future. Yeah, I don't know what the future. And now I've, I got cancer on top of it, right? So now that's what you're dealing with. Like, like it's your future is very cloudy. So I would say let's do look at two plans. One plan is you beat this thing, you live a normal life expectancy. If that's the case, what are those things that are of value to you in life? What are those things that you'd like to accomplish? Some monetarily, some not, obviously. But then how can the money help in those things? And charity might be one. You might say I've I'd really like to help support this particular cause, these particular exactly. types of people. I and that's a wonderful plan. thing. Yes. And yes. that was plan A. Plan B is that we don't have a normal life expectancy and that we pass away much earlier than we had, than we were hoping. And what, what would you like to see of your legacy of these dollars anyway? How, how would you like to see these? And should we put guardrails around, uh, if you do pass away, should we put guardrails around how your daughter is going to spend the money? Exactly. I have a 25 year old daughter. We, and she was, she was poking me the other day. She wanted to kind of see how much she might get in inheritance. Now, these kids, I, this generation, isn't that funny? We have, we don't even have one foot in the grave yet. And I don't think she's well. trying to ch- chase me. Out. But we, it, but she did tell me, uh, and I, I said it struck. I said there's not enough for you to like never have to work again because I think that'd be disastrous for you. Yes. And I said frankly, if you di- if I mom and I died today, 
it would be structured in a manner where there would be an independent trustee would decide how much money you can get out of the trust each year. Right. So that you don't do something stupid. She says, good, because I'd probably, she told me, good, because I'd probably make really poor choices if I inherited a bunch of money right away. Well, I think when they're young, and I do have a trust, and it is, my husband and I set up. When was the last time you reviewed it? You know, I'm going to have to update it because my husband's been gone. This year will be two years. And so, yes, I'm going to have to. So you're my sister, Norma. You, you would yes. uh, You would put guardrails. If you were my sister, like Pat had said to your, his family member, like, go talk to one of our financial advisors. Go do, do some. I mean, that's just like you've got specialists that are helping you in, in the medical field right now. Yes. And maybe you've done all this stuff on your own. Look, I, I'm a, I wouldn't be doing this today. Uh, I've been doing this 30 years. I wouldn't continue doing what I do if I did not believe in my heart that it added value to people's lives. I would go do oh, something absolutely. else. So and- I would strongly encourage you uh, to, to meet with, if not one of our advisors, then some other fee-based advisor. And, and, and it's really about going through this planning process and, yeah. and then that, you'll figure out from there what you need to do with the trust or not do with the trust. Yeah. But most certainly my guess is most certainly you're going to put guardrails on the trust as to how the dollars are distributed and an attorney or financial advisor can help you set up those guardrails and it's all dependent upon the kids. And you might want, you might say, I don't want my daughter. I have all this. I'd like to have some portion to go to this particular thing or that particular thing or this certain thing helped me one time, whatever, right? If there's a, yeah, a charitable she's gonna tip. Be, she's going to be just fine. She's gainfully employed. She's very capable. And um, But just so that you know, I am one of your um, your clients, and I've been very, very happy oh, well, with, um, <laughs> with your company. They, uh, she's outstanding. So. Okay, well, I appreciate that. Unfortunately, oh, okay. we can't take t- uh, testimonials from clients. Or I know it. So I we that. have to follow but, this with, if you're, uh, if you become a client of All Worth, your experience may or may not be but, the it same. It might be absolutely horrible. And you might hate well, it. Well, I would hope not. <laughs> but Norma, so, Norma, 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 but go back and visit with your advisor and have these discussions. Um, and and uh, real honest conversations. That's right. I, I mean, you got to re- get real, real. And, and like, so, Scott, you know, my I have four children, and the disclosure of what's happening with my wife, and, and I'm only 58, to the kids is 100% transparent. I mean, just because I have a different view of it than you do a little bit. Yeah, well, my son doesn't want to know any dollar amounts or anything. He's I'm just going to pretend like there's nothing ever for me. Well, that's what my children said, too. But not my daughter. <laughs> no, she's like... <laughs> she sends me texts every day. She wants me to buy her a new, a new Toyota 4Runner or something. <laughs> Good for her. She's 25. Go find your own. <laughs> Good for her. <laughs> anyway, we're out of time. Uh, if you haven't been on our website yet this year, there's lots of great stuff on there, including our five not-so-obvious times to call your advisor. You'll find that at allworthfinancial.com. We'll see you next week. This has been Allworth Financial with Scott Hansen and Pat McLean. This program has been brought to you by Allworth Financial, a registered investment advisory firm. Any ideas presented during this program are not intended to provide specific financial advice. You should consult your own financial advisor, tax consultant, or estate planning attorney to conduct your own due diligence.